0: Alright, I guess we're rolling. Uh, we're gonna ease into it more casually than usual, I think, you know. I'm over here with Bobby Hundreds. What's up, sir?
1: Hello. Hello, Kim
0: sir. of the Kim clan. I am uh, Kim. Okay, okay. Do people That's know correct. Kim? They know Kim, right?
1: I think, sure. Yeah. I, I think it's somewhere in the back. I mean, I use Bobby Kim often just to let people know it wasn't as important for me the asian american identity stuff wasn't as important for me until i had children and Mm. then i woke up and then i realized number one i was asian yeah i just remember walking by my first son when he was born which he's 14 now so this is a long time ago and i would look into his crib and this is how disconnected i was and i'm not proud about this okay how detached I was from my race and my heritage was I would walk by my kid's crib and be like, who is this adorable little Asian baby that somebody left here? Cause I have a full Asian, I have full Asian children. My wife is Asian. And I just was like, it just didn't click. I was yeah. just like, wow, I have an Asian baby. And then I was just like, what's wrong with me? I'm Asian. And then that was the, there was like this turning point where up until then I actually, didn't really i wasn't as forward facing i didn't do a lot of uh photo shoots i d- yeah. tried the first few years of the brand my partner ben and i we didn't even show our face right i just didn't want it to be mm. a factor and that was probably because i had internalized just like the understanding that there weren't a lot of korean american owners or founders or Influencers, I think
0: there was a lot of people in your generation of Asian American creatives, musicians, entertainers that yeah. kind of felt the same way because I was talking to Far East Movement about this, and they used to wear those stunner shades and yeah. as well, yeah, because they wanted to kind of create this brand around them that was beyond race,
1: that would transcend their Asianness, <laughs> you know? Yeah, where yeah, yeah. My children in their generation, they're just very comfortable being mm. right their existence is enough and yeah. they don't have to i mean i just asked if i can keep my sunglasses on because of the <laughs> lights but it's not because it i'm to do trying that. to hide my eyes
0: <laughs> can we could tell eyes? you're asian through the glasses trust me um, um.
1: but i agree it, it's <clears throat> true you know and it was not to trans for me it wasn't about transcending my koreanness or my asianness but it was just I think somewhere in the back of my mind, it just was this understanding or this, you know, this truth that I had absorbed that there can't be Asian owners of streetwear brands. That just doesn't exist. And, you know, outside of Asian, like Japanese native streetwear brands, there just really weren't many.
0: Wait, so this happened when you, this realization happened with your son.
1: Yeah. So when I had my son... I thought a lot about him and then the world he was growing up in. Right. And he's full Asian. And then I had, we have two boys. So they're both full Asian. And how important it would be for them to look out and see Asian representation or Asian American representation in whatever field they're in. And how much it would have meant for me if I was growing up and I saw some of my favorite skate brands and streetwear brands or surf companies at the time. Helmed by Asian people, like then I would have known that I have a path there, mm. and so I was just, like, I, that was the moment where I, I I specifically, consciously put my face, <laughs> my big round yeah. face, in my avatars. Like I just went out, I took a photo on my phone, and I just put it in my avatar. And then you were just you would see comments every now and then, and then eventually, DMs where kids would say, "I had no idea what if, that you're Asian."
0: What if the world you're growing up in had tons of Asian? Streetwear brand, yeah, uh, creators, makers, and we put out the worst shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, like
0: we were known to put out the yeah. worst shit.
1: Well, <laughs> I, we could say that that's actually kind of happened a, a, a lot. And I'm not, and maybe I'm a part of that too. Well, are you? Are
0: you? Are you talking about Asia and like the cheapness of certain things? No,
1: now I'm digging a hole, but I think. I'm all for Asian representation, but they give us or the world only affords us, or maybe this is just the powers that be so many slots, so many spaces. And so there's just the margin of error is like so tight and it's, there's a lot of bad work that we put out as Mm. artists and creators and not just in streetwear, just in entertainment, I'm thinking food, whatever. It's just because we don't like, White people, they get to fuck up all over the place. They have so many chances and opportunities. And for us, it's like, here's the one movie Mm. that we have for this season. It has to be great. And the chances that are going to be great, of course, like anyone else, it's not going to be incredibly high. Right. Right. But it's like, if we only get five shots... That one of the five shots has to be exceptional. It's just, it's just so much pressure. I see. I see. I, I don't know. I can't relate because I fucked up a
0: lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and no, have same. to have some chances. No, same. No. I don't know. I, I feel like we create more opportunities. You got to create more opportunities, you know what I'm yeah. saying, as you fuck up. I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. That, yeah. that there has been a lot of disasters uh, and, and fuck-ups.
1: Yeah, and that's not to anyone's fault outside of the fact that we just aren't given many opportunities to fuck up. Mm. Like, we aren't given the space for error, right? And there's just, like, very little forgiveness with our art, where people... Because I just hear a lot of this back chatter of, like, oh, that movie or that album or that restaurant just wasn't, like, phenomenal. And I'm like, okay, but... Like, that's what we have right now. Like, that's what we were given. So let's just make the best of that. But do
0: you act accordingly knowing that? Like, okay, I don't have any more chances like i gotta get this right the first time
1: yeah i feel the pressure you do right i feel the pressure outside like just representing i feel the pressure even just like being on a podcast like every anytime i exercise my voice i'm like i'm speaking for a lot of people who don't get necessarily the representation or the opportunity to sit in the chair and you know for what most people would not like to me i'm nondescript asian american guy like I can basically be any of these other Asian-Americans. And so there's so few of us out there that I think that we have the responsibility and the duty to just make things right and like speak for a lot of people, whether it's right or wrong. It's it's a duty of ours to just try to embody, represent as many different voices as possible and be as inclusive of of their opinions and their thoughts as possible, while at the same time being individual. It's like there's just like a lot of pressure. It's just different dynamics than if we were in power or if we had more mainstream representation. And I think we would act differently or or might perform differently we might behave differently right right um and and so we just play by different rules and dynamics well with
0: this how you wave this global popularization of korean culture you think mm-hmm. it'd be more fun to be korean or korean american
1: if i could choose right now korean i would love to be korean <laughs> like i mean over there i'm intentionally trying to spend more and more time right, right. over there for a number of reasons i just I've, as i've gotten older and this is a midlife crisis thing i think it's <laughs> just more of like my pilgrimage journey returning yeah. to my roots or just rediscovering who i am uh I, but really korea is just amazing right now like the energy there it's it's electric and watching people really come into their own and just owning it and just feeling really, really uh, proud to be Korean and to to champion that. I don't know. I mean, we have that within the Korean-American community. But again, we're small. Like, it's us, big fish, yep. small fish in a very big pond. And over there, everyone is just kind of, like, very comfortable being. And so, like i love that you know i just feel like there's a, there's a comfortability there and an honesty there that that's that's direct that feels a little bit different than what we're doing here yeah where we're kind of well we're in this we're playing in someone else's court and we're gonna figure out our own identity and and carve our own niche out of that where for them they're like this is our court
0: i felt that recently when i went to korea that A lot of the foreigners visiting wasn't just there for the craze of k-pop necessarily Mm. um there was like a lot of uh, the youth culture was just going crazy like everyone from all around the world just found this city of seoul to be a dope place to live beyond the the popularization of like korean dramas and cinema and and k-pop like they like the energy of the city yeah yeah, I felt I, that. I was like, oh, okay, there's something different going on
1: here. Yeah, there is something different. It's reminiscent of when I was visiting, you know, working a lot in Berlin, like mm, 10 years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah, or exactly. like Harajuku, like 20 years right, ago. Right. Or, you know, there's certain pockets of this that pop up, like South by when Austin and, you know, right. was doing its thing, like 15, 10 to 15 years ago. Like, you're just like, oh, there's something bubbling here. Yeah. And there's like a certain age demographic that's starting to break through um korea felt like that i'm not I, I i'm not like a huge k-pop wizard i don't listen to a lot of k-pop i'm knowledgeable about aspects of it especially the older stuff and then k dramas yeah i only know a couple and you know they're like the obvious ones like One class and yeah. like Master you fan of. out though oh uh, when i get into it i get really into S- it me too so
0: what i'll yeah. do is I, i've noticed you've done this because I'll watch a Korean drama. I'll get obsessed with a new actress or an actor that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. And I'll IMDb them and I'll find her IG. I'll follow their IG and realize yes. they only have like they have less than like ten thousand followers. Yes. I follow them. Hundred percent. I go to a picture and I see Bobby Hundreds right there <laughs> has like the picture. Yes. Mask a Girl number yes. three. And I was like what. <laughs> Bobby's yeah. been here.
1: <laughs> I have been there. Yeah, Mask Girl. <laughs> Mask Girl, I got really into yeah. in a way where so Tone class was my first like real favorite K drama, yeah. and I got into it over the pandemic. Obviously, I just I loved it because it was a story about marketing, but mm-hmm. it was also webtoons related. It was cool, um, and a lot of the other K dramas that have come about, just I I've watched them. I haven't necessarily felt for whatever reason it resonate. Except for Mask Girl. I watched this show. I actually started hearing about this show from non Koreans. Yeah. There were just white people, Jewish people in Hollywood that yeah. were saying, Have you heard of this show? And I was yeah. like, That's weird. I haven't heard it from my Korean homies or like Asian people, but I've, I'm hearing it from you guys. So let me look at it from, from their lens and their perspective. I just got so into it so fast. Yeah. And I uh, started writing about it. And then I flew to Korea the day after I finished the show. Yeah. And then I ended up having drinks with the cast. Well, how and, did that happen? I so, saw that picture. I was with uh, my manager, Teresa yeah. and Dong Un. Gang Dong yeah. is yeah. like an actor, a yeah, big yeah. actor out there. I actually don't, I, I love Dong Un, but like, sorry, he knows this too. I haven't watched all of his stuff. Yeah. So I don't know the, what he is out there. Right. So like I spend time with him in Korea and it starts turning into a thing. So we go to this bar where he frequents, and he was like, "Oh, by the way, I know you like Mask Girl, but the producer is going to be there. He's like a friend of mine that I've worked with for many years." Yeah, and I was like, "No way, get the fuck out of here." I love Mask Girl. Yeah, I, I got to tell you about this show. And Dongwon's like, "No, no, I know. I've been hearing you talk about it for like four days now." I'm like, "Okay." So <laughs> All over Twitter, everything. In, yeah sweetest guy in the world he's just like oh what's going on i was just like i got i have so many questions I'm, i apologize i'm gonna barrage you he's like it's okay so i start asking questions and then he's like well you know that question's good for the director the director's actually on his way and i was like no way the director's coming here he's like yeah i'm like oh my god i have so many more questions the director comes super rad yeah asking one punch questions he's like well that's actually a question for mask girl number three She's coming tonight. And I was just like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Am I on a camera show? Like hidden camera? Like, what are you doing? Are you, is this, is this like a reality thing? Are you doing this to me? They're like, no, no, we're just randomly coming because we're all trying to hang out. So it's like 11 o'clock. She shows up. She's amazing. I'm like, sorry. like So when you were playing, what did this mean? And like, and then she's just like, well, you should ask yeah. the main girl who is like a K-pop star. And she showed up at like one in the morning. So, so it was like out. Christmas. I fanned out like insane. Yeah. And Wait. then I had a few drinks in me. And at the end of the night, it was like three in the morning. I was just like, I really... Don't mean to do this and I rarely I need a photo with everybody and they're nice. just like, okay. But yes. Wait, wait, you, what
0: kind of questions are you asking the director of like a Korean drama?
1: Um like I don't know, they're really nerdy. They're like, like plot stuff. Yeah, plot stuff. Okay, okay. And what did this exactly mean? And was that person bad the entire time? And yeah.
0: was for those who don't know, it's an it's a revenge story as Koreans love to. We tell. love
1: the revenge.
0: Yeah, we love revenge. It's and revenge that is plotted decades and decades and and it's generational.
1: <laughs> it's generational. <but> we <laughs> loved. We can hold a grudge. Yeah, for sure. And I've got those. And then it's peppered with like beautiful beautiful pop k-pop women who were the main actors also like some really old school amazing actors in it and really my favorite well one of my favorite people on the show is they cast a girl who plays the original mask girl yeah who's not a traditionally classically beautiful woman, right but she's so interesting to look at she just she reminds me of what we would hire as fashion models like they're the kinds of Women that we right. tend to cast in campaigns yeah. because they're beautiful in a different way where it's unconventional. And she's gotten really big because of it. Well, I, I've always wondered
0: about people who are casted to be ugly quote unquote I know. ugly. How do they feel on about television that? Like shows overweight. and fame? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like. That's harsh. I you know, know? And, and on the show you're treated as such. Yeah. Especially in the standards of Korea, like they consider that to be ugly, I suppose. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And they're talking about it so specifically and she, she gets <laughs> plastic like, surgery into what's considered beautiful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, this is this is Dude, rough. Like, how does she feel this about that? This is tough. Uh, but for me, I'm like, I think she's the most beautiful person on the show. Yeah, because she's the most I'm interesting like, wow, looking. she looks cool like i've never seen many korean women in popular entertainment look like this yeah. before so she stands out the other women are like classically gorgeous like they, yeah but they beautiful. they look like other people like if, yeah. if they if we were all yes. on a lineup
0: i would always remember that totally. first one
1: yeah so you know. and, and I think so. From what I understand, she's starting to gain popularity out there, yeah. the um the non uh, attractive one by their standards, and she's she's becoming a thing. And I'm like, maybe this can start changing a lot of the norms around beauty because Koreans have perfected beauty, right? Yeah. Like it's they have it down to a science, like your jawline to your whatever the collagen in your cheeks and. It's such an amazing industry, but I'm like, oh, maybe this is like the next step of it. Where I don't know, bro. Because start-
0: she got plastic surgery on the show. She did. She yeah, did. Yeah, and everyone was like loving it. <laughs>
1: they like, actually, yeah, <laughs> her life changed. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. thriving. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I don't know, That's man. She, that was her hero's journey is to get the plastic surgery. <laughs> I feel like watching that made me consider plastic surgery. Oh my <laughs> god, I've never thought about plastic surgery so much. Yeah, uh, until I, I'm in Korea. Yeah, you know, and like this last trip we took, some of our staff, and even they were, you know, just doing cosmetic stuff, right? They were like, "We have to stop by the skin place for this." Yeah, and, and I was like, "Okay." I mean, looking markedly different when they come out of those doors. I'm like, "How much did that cost?" You're like, 60 bucks." Mm. I'm like, "Whoa!" You could just on, you know, just walk right into a clinic. It's like getting a haircut. Yeah, I'm like, I get haircuts, so it's kind of the same thing. And they just inject a couple things and spruce it up, right. and I'm like, "Yeah." I I know this is not anything new, but the men's beauty space—it just there's so much room there. I mean, mean, we—I think the next generation is really going to embrace it and adopt it better than we have. They already are starting to, but every now and then, when I have to do an interview, there's like hair and makeup, or you know, I have to go on camera, and you know, you do this stuff, and you're like. Oh, yeah, like, I do look better, and so I feel better. And it's, like, such a light thing. It's, like, I put moisturizer on in the morning. It's, like, the same thing. It's just, like, something on your face. And I'm, like, this is a huge industry that's... It's, like, right there. Yeah. I know it's starting to happen in certain regards, but I'm, like, the next generation, I think, will really take it. When did the self-care happen for you? Like, skin care, hair, like, you know, scalp? Well, hair stuff, I've always been... Mindful of just because growing up in the punk scene and stuff, I was always bleaching my hair and dying it you, and just messing okay. with my hair. But it was always supposed to stop there, or else you were quote unquote gay, right? Like you're trying to be metro. like a, you're they a Metro. They say sect. that a lot. I talk I've about this that. in my heard that no book. one
0: says Metro no more. No, huh? I,
1: I wrote about this in my book yeah. because we talk about how streetwear even happened and i'm like you have to remember there was a time where it was non-normative for straight men to be into their fashion right. and if you were mm-hmm. you were called metrosexuals as a pejorative metro, a lot yeah and really the connotations of that was you're gay for being into clothes first of all metrosexual sounds fire <laughs> it does sounds super- now it's just like <laughs> metrosexual sounds it's like crazy the bro the next level of pansexuals yeah, is like damn you're metro- sexually attracted to a city bro? like <laughs> yeah. a whole cosmopolitan a whole cos- yeah. Like, he's just fucking on trains and <laughs> buses <like> <laughs> Yeah, love the urban development I remember hearing
0: that and like when I think of it I, I think of an aesthetic like what's that character that um uh Bill Hader uh on SNL when he comes on the news show oh yeah
1: show? yeah yeah um
0: I forget it the was character's like a name. French naming, yeah, or but something. that's
1: the character totally. I picture. Totally, that shirt, yes. and everything, yeah. You know? And you were a little effeminate or flamboyant, right? And that was all you had as an option. So it was like, if you're a straight dude, you could be that guy, or you could just mess with your hair a bit, right? So then, hair product kind of became a thing. I don't know when was this late nineties? Yeah, I right? mean,
0: last couple of years, I've been on my skin regimen. You know, yeah, like, I'm
1: still not because I'm a boomer. I,
0: I mean, I'm. It's hard for me to be consistent. You know what does I mean? it consist of? It consists of okay. So here's my skin regimen for all the. I really want to
1: know because I don't do this, and my wife begs me to. It's, but I just I'm not good at this.
0: It's stuff. face wash, some sort of a uh, serum thing. Moisture. What does that mean? I don't know what that is. It's just one thing I got to put on before moisturizer.
1: Serum sounds like it comes out of a. I know it's something a that's,
0: syringe. No, 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 no. Oh, it's just I'm another cream. like Ninja Turtle. Secret it's of like those. another cream. Okay. So it's like okay. face wash, that serum thing, the moisturizer, yeah. and then sunblock before I go out. Oh, you're putting sunblock on every day. I try now. That the sunblock thing happened about a year and a half ago. I mean, your I'm,
1: skin looks really good. I
0: mean, I'm 37 years old. I've never used sunblock until this past year, which is crazy. Even when you went to the beach? Never. Never. Oh, you're savage. I know, I you're know.
1: You're asking I've for I've never, it.
0: I've gotten burned, yeah, in the past. Like, and you're just
1: like, that's part of it.
0: Nah, like, I wish I got on it earlier. I definitely see a lot of things that has aged me too, yeah. you know what I mean? But I also stopped drinking, that helps, you know, I that think. That also helps with yeah, the just being skin. Hung- yeah, but but not just the alcohol in itself, like being hungover and not taking care of yourself the next day because you're hungover. Because you're tired. You're you eating know, greasy energy. foods, yes. you know, the hangover it's meals. It's
1: all a part, it's a domino effect it is it's the yeah. domino effect. okay that's what it is yeah oh okay the, all of this that you just said how long does that take in the morning so this it's is quick i'm is super
0: it? quick with it i don't do the multiple i don't do like 20 pats i'm just like ah, yeah. ah. It, okay.
1: it's like it's like dominoes you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah, i'm yeah, making just... the pizza
0: fast <laughs> <Okay>. you know
1: because <laughs> i i don't i don't think i would have the patience and i'm very like my showers this is gross I, I take like very fast showers me too right i'm just like i just don't want to be i have so much going on how right long are your
0: showers I'm, mine's a super fast too
1: i think about five minutes i'm like a five minute man me
0: too i'm a five minute shower guy is that bad no, I
1: literally did this last night. I got home and dinner was waiting for us on the table, and the kids were ready to eat. And my and I was like, I just I'll be five minutes. And my wife called up, she said, Sounds like it's not gonna be very thorough.
0: <laughs> and I, I, well, who's taking longer than five minute showers?
1: You have to be jerking off in there or something, exactly. Okay. Thank you. I'm not jerking off up here. There's and we have shorter hair, I think. If you have longer hair, that's a concern, right? But like. Five minutes is like washing your hands. It's 20 seconds, right? Aren't you mm-hmm. supposed yeah, to count 20 yeah, 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 seconds? Yeah, yeah. So it's that times F- X 25?
0: You know what I realized? I don't, I don't wash my hands as much as I should in the shower. Don't you feel like oh, you're, you, you, don't, you don't get to your hands in the shower?
1: I just feel like it's happening by default.
0: Because, yeah, because you're, you're you're shampooing your hair. You're in there. But I do feel like when I come out, I'm like, oh, I didn't really get here. I didn't here.
1: wash the hands. I don't get to the hands often. But these areas get a lot of action. Here, I'm really good with washing the upper body area. Yeah. I'd spend a lot of time here. But this area does not get soiled as much as these do. All you gotta do is the hair, face, ass, crack, and dick. That's
0: all you gotta wash. Are we going below the waist as far as? I'm not gonna lie, I'm not as thorough on the legs and feet as I feet should. The get
1: very little. Very, they very get little attention. Two
0: circular motions, and I'm ready to move on to the next.
1: Maybe once every other day, a little finger between the toes. Wow,
0: that's thorough right there.
1: Well, I I have to preface this in to in context. I, I surf, so True, I, I walk around barefoot a lot in the parking lots. It's disgusting in Venice, and there's like human hair on my legs yeah. sometimes. Yeah. that isn't my hair. So I do spend a little bit more time. Then I think that if I didn't surf. But yes, I do the feet. Mm. I do the feet. Have you guys ever put out any product, like self-care products or uh, We did a collaboration with Manic Panic. Oh, wow, yeah, that's yes. cool. I see use Manic Panic. Yes, that's why we game. did it. And they have a great story, which I'm not gonna get into, two women founders, original punk rockers oh, cool. from the 70s. Yeah. Uh, but we made our own Manic Panic hair dye. And I think, oh, I lied. About six or seven years ago, we did a project with Baxter of california and we had aaron kai the homie aaron kai yeah. did the art for I rem- it yep I remember and we that. made um all kinds of skincare lotions uh hand creams that type of product it did okay yeah you know and and, and again i think that was pretty early for our demo and our market but i really do think it's like the next generation of people who are just the stigma or the associations of it from that metrosexual era, like we will, in one generation, watch it go the complete other way.
0: That is so crazy, when I was growing up, yeah, metrosexual was thrown around a lot, and now everything that's considered metrosexual is
1: like normal, like everyone does those things. Totally normal. I was watching, uh, Dan Levy had a little YouTube clip about his tour with John Mulaney, right? So, Which, loved that show, they had a great show. And they were talking about, they were just behind the scenes on tour and they talked about what they were doing. And they are like, we go to, from city to city and we go sneaker shopping. Mm-hmm. We find the sneaker boutique mm-hmm. in every city and do that. And I'm like, we all remember, or we all remember in the early 2000s, late 90s, it was considered so weird when a guy was collecting sneakers. Yeah. Like girls used to trip out on that. They're like, this is so weird. You have like 10 pairs of shoes. Yeah. And my parents are like, why do you have a closet? Full of the same Nikes over and over again. What is this? You know, and it was such a bizarre thing for a man to be collecting shoes, like he was a Mel Demarcos or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's just what every bro does. That's true. Like they got on some Jordans or something. I didn't think about that sneaker collecting. Now. It's just yeah, it's yeah how oh, you're collecting shoes, fam. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like and that was sneakers was really the gateway drug into fashion and streetwear for a lot of mm. young dudes and women also, but because sneakers to be interested in sneakers wasn't like saying, Oh, I'm into fashion. Yeah. It was more like, oh, it's like I'm collecting a vinyl toy or some art. It's like a collectible, it's like a Star Wars figure. Yeah. And so like but I'm wearing them on my feet. But you're like, I'm still not in I'm not a fashion boy. Yeah. But then eventually they need something to pair it with and that's when we came in in the early 2000s and we were like we'll print t-shirts that match The shoes that you're buying and that's what this generation of streetwear was yeah was something to wear along with your rare adidas or pumas or nikes
0: uh, do where are we with matching colors these days matching colors matchy matchy you know what i mean not not colors that go well together but just one color matching
1: everyone's gonna have a different answer to that i think that hasn't been in vogue since like the 80s yeah (laughs) but i think if it's done ironically it works and I think if it's done, if you're trying to mismatch intentionally, that's also not in style. Because sometimes people will like intentionally you can tell they're like, I'm trying not to match. And yeah. that's almost worse when you're like, <laughs> oh, you you really are doing yeah. too much right now. But um, I think it's like a real subtle style form or like, honestly, I've been looking at what you're wearing and it doesn't classically match. Yeah, But like, if you can find tones that work together and there's like a story, I think that's super cool. You know, this I don't, is, it takes a lot of effort to do that. Yeah. This whether was an or intentional. I just want to point that You know, out. <laughs> which I'm not saying like this morning you had to think a lot about it, but the effort in terms of you years and years of being mindful of outfits and assembling uh, wardrobe to like start doing it kind of accidentally right it takes I just came out of a
0: three-minute shower well you look, no, no, yeah, you look
1: great not i appreciate yeah uh, you look great i was gonna say um
0: i, I wanted to bring up ai because yes uh, I-, I just been seeing uh, a lot of the- this new trend right now there's like an ai one of like school photos Everyone's getting the school photo generated, like images of themselves and throwing it
1: up. Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. Well, you know, it made me think of why people anytime I hear a trend is popping like that, that I don't quite understand. I'm like, why is that popping right now? Like what what about that is hitting within the zeitgeist? And to me, all that tells me is that people want to be in control of those memories. Right. So if you think about the photos that you had to take when you were growing up, you had no control Right? You were six years old, you were you had half of a brain, you didn't pick your outfit, your eyes mm, were probably closed in the photo, true. there was some other photographer that was shooting you, some weird perverted school photographer person. And so, like, all of that is outside of your control, and it's not your narrative, mm. right? It's someone else's narrative, or it's just, like, God's narrative. But I think it, through AI, if you can start designing what you wanted your childhood to look like, because... I didn't necessarily have the best childhood, right? There was trauma. And so there are certain years where I look at photos and I'm like, that was a bad year, you know? Or like middle school, what an awkward time. Like I didn't have a lot of fun. But if I can go through AI and shoot myself in a way where I feel confident and I felt like I owned that year, like this is the version that I would have liked to have been in eighth grade. Like I think that's pretty empowering and cool, but maybe that's what it is. But I do agree with the fact that and I've written about this on my Substack a lot about the photography thing. I actually don't shoot as many photos on my phone as I used to. Right, I saw that. And it's because, you know, I think when, well, there's evidence of this, that when you shoot photos on your phone, you're actually using your brain less to store the memory because what your brain, we're starting to get dumber. They're realizing this, there's new studies that are coming out and it's because we're allowing the phone and the internet and our devices to do a lot of the work, which is fair. Right. Like that's why we have these other engines like we don't want to walk. So we take the car. That's why we have that machine. And we're getting probably weaker as a species and lazier because the car can take us. But we're doing the same thing with these devices and our brain. Yeah, because we don't need to retain it. We can always go back to the device. We can always go back to the device. I don't need to remember the capital of Iowa is Des Moines. I do remember yeah. that one, but whatever, because I can go to the device. We're doing that with our memories. We don't want to hold on to the memories. We also only have so much bandwidth. We have like yeah. you know, 14 terabytes or whatever it is in our brain. So if we're out of storage space and we, I have a memory from today, instead of trying to hold it in there, let me take a photo of it. And immediately my brain tells myself, don't hold on to that memory.
0: Well, what's the advantage to you to hold on to the memory when you can go back to your phone?
1: I think when you're you afraid
0: that it's going to shut down and like Skynet and you, you're going to be like, oh, I have this now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my the concern is, right, that if the more and more you do that, you're letting the phone or the machine dictate what that memory is because the reality mm. is even, and look, we don't. this is cr- crazy what we're getting into, but even when you let a machine document something that's going on, it's like their interpretation of what's happening, right? It's not actually what's exactly happening in the moment. Like what you see and what the camera sees are two different things, right? And so you're letting the camera determine or define what that memory is. And so that's how you will always remember it instead of what your brain remembers. Mm. And so, what it tells me over time is we're letting the machines dictate more and more of what our life experience is. Right. And so now our life is now colored or filtered by what a machine says and not what we as humans say. And like that, it sounds like super dystopian and dark and black mirror, but for me, it's more like, I just wanna keep a lot of my memories pure and preserved. They're like really incredible moments that I'm thinking of right now when I've been on vacation with my family and my kids, having like beautiful moments. And I wanna take on my phone and I'm like, if I just sit here and I snapshot it in my brain, I will remember how I wanna remember it, not how my iPhone wants me to remember it.
0: I also feel like some memories should fade. Almost all of them should fade. Yeah, well, they all should fade, yes. They all should fade. But I'm wondering if, yeah, like back then when there weren't any, lot of these documentary and tools, yeah.
1: how long were you able to retain it? I probably, you were meant to remember what you could remember, right? And what was most important for you. And I think it's that true. was enough because, and, and I write about it in that piece, but there is an element of looking and browsing through memories, that is sad, right? Like looking at photos, if you think about what's going on, like if you look through old photos, what are you doing? You're being nostalgic, sentimental. You're kind of hoping, you wish you could go back to that time because it's always more rose-colored, you know, when you're looking at the past. And you're you may have regrets. You may have this is how I should have done it better. You may be thinking I thought I'd be further along by now, right? And so there's like a lot of sadness that comes with looking at photos. We it could be melancholy on an innocent level, or it could be like downright depressing. If Facebook pulls up a breakup from 2014, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So all that can be sad. I think we are only meant to be exposed to that a, a little bit at a time. But to be looking at thousands of photos all day, you know, when you're on a flight and you don't have. One Wi-Fi, you're gonna go through your photos and you're just gonna be looking at what happened in the past. And so you're living in the past. Depression is really like living in the past, right? Anxiety is living in the future, depression is yeah. living in the past. So if we're constantly living and dwelling on what happened before, and we're not just being mindful of what's happening in front of us. Yeah. I think you're just setting and- yourself up to be pretty morose and be people, most are, motherfucker people
0: the are so delusional with memory too i'll see somebody and be like remember me from seven years ago yeah. at this thing i'm like i'm not supposed to remember <laughs> yeah, exactly. you you are not significant to <laughs> yeah. my life we met at a conference seven years yes. ago and it's okay
1: yeah i'm very much in your school of thought of i think many memories if not most or all should be memories and should be live in the past, mm. and we shouldn't have to constantly be able to live in them. I understand the immediate value and the satisfaction of knowing, I own that moment now, I have it forever. But there is something beautiful about letting it go and just letting it be free into the ether mm. and not having to lock down on these things. I mean, I think we're really fortunate. I mean, I am... To have grown up in a generation, i was like the last generation before we had all the digital photography and the digital video so there's very little video of me i just i remember it how i want to remember it i think it's full circle back to the ai part of it where we can like our generation we are in control of our memories because yeah. i remember it how i want to but the way when my, my brothers remember us growing up is different for me but that's my story right like that's my narrative digital photography over the last 10 year, 20 years, digital recordings, like it's said it's very specific way. It's like, no, this is I see it, this is how it happened. Even if you're like, that's not exactly how it happened, It's just like it happened like that now. Yeah. So I think AI is a way to reclaim that. Yeah, I, I do
0: I definitely think the dangers of capturing everything is the 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 element of time where it's taken out of that time. Mm-hmm present like it was yesterday when mm-hmm. something was like 10 years ago
1: context
0: context of it all yeah. and it's so dangerous you know everyone's canceling somebody for some something that was set 10 years ago it's like exactly 10 year ago 10 years ago like we we're different people all uh, of us. very different people i and see that every day and yeah.
1: even people today are like 10 years ago is not that long ago and i'm like again you're missing the context yeah. so much has happened in the last 10 years so that so many rules have been broken walls have been crumbled and so now we have completely different understandings of social reads and social situations that didn't exist and so yeah i'm uh, i'm like a big context guy i've i've always said i think the worst thing the internet ever did was that it stripped context Mm. from the content right especially in social and so it's just very important you know go through your feeds and delete everything because it's not going to make sense what i do like is i like reintroducing old work though yeah to that's a new generation right but now you're doing in like today's language and lens and like with yeah. what you've learned
0: you got gonna have to edit, edit a lot you know
1: yeah <laughs> have to edit a lot, and then you're gonna have to edit it again i know don't you watch old videos and are like how did we ever like how is this okay yeah you know it's just like insane like for us in in those early days of street where there was just there was a lot of objectification of women and it was totally normal to where like half naked girls on your shirt and it was just like that was cool and so we would do a lot of photo shoots with girls and just treating them more like sexual bodies instead of like as humans and doing that to a point is fine i think but doing it a lot was just like this was weird well was i that mean a thing?
0: that's what happened now when ai tries to generate it through the algorithm it's just a reflection of what we th- that's think that's right of women yeah or whoever
1: yeah that's a huge problem and i think it's a one of my more larger existential crises about ai is that it's essentially it's essentially like giving us false imagery, right? False visuals of things that have never happened, right? And then we are all going along with it and pretending like those vintage high school photographs. That never happened. But we're going to start using them and pretend like it happened. And so AI and the internet is going to read that as like, okay, so this happened, right? And so then it's going to distort our memory of the past. And it's also going to start narrating its own version of the past that never quite happened before. So it's a weird... It's, it can get dark to me where I'm like, oh, it's going to start changing and rewriting the truth about what has happened. It'll rewrite history. And there's really not much we can do about it because we're going to try to argue against it and then start saying, well, maybe that is what happened. And that's scary for our memories to be that mushy and for, for the, the information to be that disrupted. But I, I mean, I hope
0: one day when AI generates keywords like Korean American, mm-hmm. Pioneer. It somehow forms a version of me on there.
1: I would expect it to be tens of thousands of images of us, but really in a collage of your face. Oh, or sick. Like a 4D magic eye drawing where we look into this mess of photos and yeah. then you pop out like that guy.
0: What would be the image of a, uh, of a kid wearing streetwear? Like what would pop up if right you generated now- it on AI right now?
1: I mean, I'm sure it'll probably be pretty dead on. Is it would be like a boxed Supreme logo? Probably Supreme box logo. Probably some dunks on. Right. You know, at this point, some pretty baggy pants. But it'll probably be dead on. Right now in the... But that's the thing in the zeitgeist right now. Supreme's not as popular as it was, right? right, right? right. So maybe it won't be Supreme. Like yeah, they'll probably be wearing mean. like cactus plant and, you know, some like online ceramics or something if like that. If we had
0: the right setup, we'd probably pull that up right now.
1: No, come on. But we, we don't, really don't have it together. It. <laughs> AI would do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Guys. Um, you have a food festival. Yes. Um, family style. And you create collaborations between restaurants and clothing brands. Yep. Which is amazing. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we do this food festival. It's called Family Style. It's Sunday, October 8th. I don't know when this is going to air. I hope you can make it. Yeah. Um this is our fifth year doing it. It's actually only the fourth show cuz COVID, but it's our fifth year doing it and we started doing it because we love bringing people together, right? The Hundreds is a community-powered brand. That's kind of the ethos that we we're built upon and we thought long and hard about what brings people together in the most efficient and articulate manner. And it's always been food, right? Like warring nations have come together over food. Romantic dates come together for food, business meetings, right? So like anytime you need to bring two different kinds of people together, you put food on the table, like Thanksgiving, right? And so what if we had access to the world's best food? Would it bring together the world's best people? And we do have access to the world's best food, especially here in Los Angeles. And we have relationships with a lot of Michelin star chefs and like top rated restaurants. And then we know people in other regions of the world that also wanted to participate. But food festivals have always been classically pretty stuffy. Like if you ever go to them, I'm not going to call out which ones, but they're yeah, I I generally
0: hate food festivals.
1: They're not great. Yeah, right. And it's like a certain kind of a person. They're a little bit older. You know, they're being foodies. Right. It's just it's not cool. Right. Like foodieism has never really saddled <laughs> up paired nicely with like cool culture yeah. and we're like but food is cool and we know we knew that all the chefs secretly want to be streetwear designers it's like every basketball player wants to be a rapper and rapper wants to be a basketball player yeah it's the same thing with chefs and streetwear guys like streetwear guys are like dude i'd love to have a restaurant tours are like dude how do we make like cool product so we're like we see this happening we're like why don't we just bring them together and it's a food and fashion festival it doesn't really exist and since we've been doing that for the last, you know, 5 years now, half decade this conversation around food and streetwear and food and fashion cool 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 culture cool merchandise like wearing your restaurants as your favorite brand like that's exploded and i'm not saying that we're the ones who did it but i think we were part of whatever was happening back then where people were starting to see that there was this gap between the food world and the fashion world that could be merged okay and so we did that with family style and we, we Bring, you know, the, some of the coolest streetwear guys and girls together and it's a it's an event for all ages. I think it's really one of the few events that you can be three years old or ninety-three years old and still have a lot of fun. Yeah. And this year we have headliners like Funke, you know, Evan Funke and uh you know, Awake is from New York. Angelo's working with Rocky's matcha, you know, which is like the cool new matcha that Pharrell has been endorsing. And then we have, you know, um, union and trophies burgers we have like real bad man and el russo and so yeah um it's a lot of fun for us because we have our feet in both worlds and to see all of it come together and it's a day that people call the best day of the year yeah everyone's just always they come up to us at the event they're like this is the best day of the year
0: so. what what restaurant would gucci collab with gucci? or a fast food chain
1: like would it go that route like it could It could, you know, the cactus plant McDonald's stuff that's been happening, I think, is also emblematic of what is happening in the culture right now where people are treating food a little bit differently. Um... But, yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing that you wouldn't have seen 20 years ago. Like, we didn't grow up thinking restaurants were cool. Like, you didn't go, like, that's a cool, cool restaurant. Like, Sizzler's is a cool-ass restaurant. It was just, like, that's where you go to eat food. And, like, I don't want to wear Sizzler. Mm. But, you know, people want to walk around wearing John and Vinny's merchandise Do people want to wear McDonald's stuff? I don't see it really but i think there is a nostalgia around i the mcdonald's collaborations are really interesting and i think they deserve like a case study on themselves. for sure you know what's been happening there mcdonald's is actually a collaboration that we were pitching over the last 10 to 15 years and met with many different generations of people internally over there and they didn't quite get it and we were like there's a nostalgia around the McDonald Land characters. Yeah. The play place and mayor mccheese and fry guy and yeah. birdie and all yep. those grimace and they were like we don't want that you know there just hadn't been enough time removed from the 80s when that was popular so they were like we're trying to get away from that we're trying to be healthy we don't want to poison kids with like fatty foods yeah and it's just a bad pr look
0: they, they've definitely been pushing grimace a lot i, I can yeah, see why they haven't a, pushed a hamburger i could i guess that could be in problematic territory especially
1: you know I mean? these days in this climate <laughs> uh, there's a lot of smash and grabs yeah <laughs> Yeah, they had a smash and grabs. (laughs) Um, Hamburglar was probably the the sickest character.
0: He was the sickest character. They haven't been pushing him. That sucks. I I get it.
1: I get it, though. They got to rewrite it where they just have to rebrand him. Right. Right? It's like... He's stealing the burgers, but to, like, give to hungry people or something.
0: Ronald is a little tough. Um, I think aesthetically, yeah, like, Gremis looks kind of cool. He's purple. Do you know what he is? What is is he? He's
1: a taste bud. He's a taste bud. He's He's supposed to be a taste bud oh that, is weird. that the name grimace no a grimace i don't know which yeah. is weird because grimace is actually like, like a negative an expression of pain right like so a, like you're eating a mcdonald's and you're like grimacing yeah. you have like a stomach ache so i don't know why they would name that's him not that. yeah that's not a good move yeah uh, it'd be like naming Mc, ronald mcdonald like frowny boy yeah What?
0: Like. what else is there there was grimace hamburglar
1: uh, ronald mcdonald mayor mccheese Birdie is, uh, she's like a little bird, and she was like an aviator, which is weird because she's a bird, but I guess she also flew a plane. Yeah. And then there were the Fry Guys. Okay. Um, And do you remember that late night McDonald's moon figure? Uh, Mac at night. Mac at night. Yep. I remember that. Also a weird time in advertising history. Didn't really know what was going on there, but he was, oh, I think he was supposed to be like a Ray Charles kind of like a cool jazz pianist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe to get people to know, hey, we're open late night? Yeah. Because maybe people wanted somewhere to eat late night back then. Yeah, And yeah. didn't have anywhere to go? Less and less 24-hour joints open these days.
0: Totally. I don't even know where you'd go for... There, I mean, there's maybe,
1: you know, there's still Hodori, which is the... By the way, I just ate at parks a couple nights ago and I drove by Hodori and... I didn't. I thought they were gone. I don't know why I pronounced it "hodori" because I, I usually okay. would Pronounce it properly. It's because you were doing it for me. <laughs> you know I can't speak Korean. <laughs> you
0: clearly said many times you're that you're to... a banana. Yeah. So that was really I, nice. I, I spoke in banana language you right You were trying like not to sun
1: me. You were I was, trying to be like, I would pass by. And, ho, then, and
0: then you hit me back with the oh, hodori. Yeah, you're right. I was like, ho, what ho, in ho the d-
1: world? Okay, no. you got his Asian up, bro. I, told you I went to Korea last week.
0: You did. You just got back. That's why. There. I was like, kind of thrown off. And I felt ashamed of myself. How are you going to hit me with that, bro? <laughs> Entertain my hodori, bro.
1: <laughs> hodori sounds crazy. That was by wild. The
0: way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hodori sounds insane. It's hodori. Hodori. I want you guys to know I Pronounce it properly usually.
1: I thought they went out of business. No, they're there. They're there. They've always yeah. been there. They're Not one there. is the one that like they like rebranded. No, they're both there. They're both I there? I don't know if
0: they changed the names oh. of both, but they rebranded. Yeah.
1: I have so many memories of those places. Yeah. Late night. it's Still fantastic. Still really delicious. Good. Yeah. Like, and it's 24 hours. Exactly. Anytime. Except I don't know how it is now, but back in the day, you went after a certain time, there's just a lot of fights. In yeah parking lot there yeah
0: i, I think running a 24-hour business is insane you're, gonna, you're asking for it it's pretty crazy it's nothing a, good happens after midnight really after 2 a.m uh, nothing good really happens yeah i mean la things end at 2
1: yeah you know so uh, really asking but
0: for 24 it. hours the fact that they're still like okay we can still get
1: business at like four in the morning 24 hours is crazy to me like anytime you're in a 24 hours 24 hour fitness is a crazy one like the entire (laughs) gym is open at 3 30 and every i don't have my membership to 24 anymore but i always remember walking outside out and looking at the desk and be like people are gonna be in here at three in the morning and they're like there are people who come and i'm like
0: they're like i mean there's druggies like
1: i'm gonna get cocaine at two in the morning go work out at three i gotta expend that energy somehow the only thing i can think of is a lot of people work night shifts yeah right and so they're on a different time schedule mm. so they need someone to work out but 24-hour fitness is insane i'm like when do you guys clean this place right, right. 365 days a year is just open i'm like do you need locks on the doors <laughs> like are there locks on the doors i don't know do you, do you think f-
0: fitness culture has been more popular in this current generation than before because i'm thinking about like arnold you know uh what's what's his uh, documentary pump pumping iron pumping iron mm-hmm. You know, like, it was really big in the 80s and 90s with Jane Fonda. Aroba,
1: aerobics? exercise.
0: Yeah. But health has been a big topic now in the current yeah. generation. But I don't know if, if it's...
1: Maybe then it was more about just traditional exercise and just, like, getting your body... I mean, really, up until the 70s, there really wasn't any exercise, which is also crazy to think about. Like, this was the... something that was implemented in very like recent history. Cause you're naturally exercising. Yeah, humans just like, there was no like exercise. Before remnants. the 70s? Yeah, not like institutionalized that like recent, that. It's so recent in a way. It's so recent. Yeah. Like the ideas of like this many gyms were, I mean, there are a contingent of people who exercise and play sport, but the way that we think of fitness now is a very recent phenomenon. Right. So I think in the 80s, it was more just about like traditional exercise. But I think today it's more about like body hacking right it's just like how can i optimize my body yeah and it's not just like oh i just need to move around and burn some calories it's just like how do i eat the right things so that i can optimize performance so that i can you know burn the most calories it's like that kind of a right thing that's very new and bizarre more Where, things we can
0: calculate
1: yeah it's like a very tech approach to like how we think about our body and bio-hacking. energy and biohacking Right, and so I think the fitness conversation is going to take a really interesting turn if it isn't already because of Ozempic and Wagovi yeah, and the weight loss drugs and these and the new you know, school of medicine, you know, because that people are gonna, we it's eventually going to be affordable and accessible, and it'll happen in a way where we won't even need to inject it. Mm and maybe it'll be incorporated in our diets or maybe it'll just be a pill that everyone takes in the morning like a vitamin yeah and then we'll all be not all because it doesn't work necessarily the same for everybody but many of us are just going to be naturally quote-unquote naturally skinnier and slimmer Mm -hmm. and healthier our hearts are going to be healthier for it so then where does that leave fitness gyms and sports like personal training and all of that, like, do you are people going to work out as much, or are they going to work out less? Yeah, because they're like, well, I I've lost, like, I can run all the, me, my my weight's kind of set. I do like thirty minutes of Peloton a day. My weight doesn't go up or down; it just is. But I'm like pouring sweat. That's true. So I'm like,
0: you've been very f- consistent.
1: I'm very consistent. <laughs> so like, if I don't do that, and I could just take a shot or uh, Ozempic, like, what does that mean for my exercise? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's going to be that's really curious to me. And then also our standards or how we observe weight, like weight will look different to people because it's always been like, oh, you're, you know, the stigma is, oh, you're fat, you're overweight because you're lazy, because you're not working out. Yeah. But if you can just take a shot and lose all the weight and still be lazy, right? So it's just like, it It doesn't have anything to do with whether you're lazy or not. This recent trip to Korea, there was so many buff Koreans. What is that? There's a
0: lot of buff Koreans. Can you tell me
1: why that's happening?
0: I mean, you know, like the wave, with Pilates is big with the the women over there, um, weightlifting. And I think a physical 100 was like a result of that popularity of working out out there. Um, I saw it in a lot of the influencers, you know, I don't know. Leading up
1: to that, right? It just
0: makes you look better. So they're like, are on it.
1: Yeah. I I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because of the vanity of like, they got their face taken care of. So now we got to work on the body. You can't just have the face. You, gotta you can't got to have the whole face. That gotta, looks crazy. That looks insane. Yeah. I, but that's, I think, what it was in Korea up until very recently. We're like, this This shit was. You wasn't can't out have of a control. buff face. The buff, <laughs> the buff polished face, but, a, but then all this is just loose skin. You can't have skin. a
0: chiseled face and loose skin. That's, you can't insane. Do that. That that's insane. That sounds insane. That sounds
1: disgusting, actually. Well, I, I got to say. I want no part of that. Uh,
0: yeah. This is a Chuseok episode, which oh. is the Korean Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, you're thanking your ancestors for a good harvest. Okay. And I didn't read that off of uh Wikipedia. I am just a good Korean. Um, and I was gonna ask you, have you done any roots digging in your ancestry?
1: Yeah, so um not enough. I don't know enough. Yeah. Right before the pandemic, my grand my Hadabaji died. My oh. mom's dad died, and he was kind of the patriarch of the family. Okay. And um I'm going to write about this at one point, but I was on a book tour, Mm -hmm. and I was home between Chicago and London, and I had about 48 hours. And my mom called me, and she said, you died. Do you want to go to the funeral? And I was just like, I have 48 hours. Can I get back in time? And she's just like, funeral's basically tomorrow. Let's go. So I flew to Korea. Like, I literally just drove to the airport, flew to Korea, landed. It was like midnight. And then my mom's like, we got it. Have you done this before? Have you gone to like has anyone passed in Korea that you you go to uh, the hospital? Like they're yeah. in like a morgue right. in the hospital. Right, right. And then there's kind of like a Shiva thing where mm-hmm. you sit. I didn't know any of this. So we did that, woke up the next morning. My mom's like, actually, the funeral's in Busan. And I was like, Cool, what time's our flight? And she's just like, we're driving it. Yeah. So it was like an eight-hour trek. And we did this whole thing. So this pilgrimage thing came back. I didn't sleep basically for two days and I flew home. And that was really the, that was my real turning point where right. I was like, what is this? Like this, you know, this is my, my homeland. These are my people. I just remember that trip. I was sleep deprived and just looking at everyone's faces as I was passing by them on the roads. And I was like, there's, there's a part of me here, you know? And so that opened up, that really awakened my curiosity just about family and like what his story was like, like his last name was Wong. You know, he was like one of the last. We're like one of the last in the Wong dynasty. W-O-N-G, Wang Dynasty. W O N G. W A N G. Oh, Wang. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of crazy, right? For like Koreans. Like, I know that's a few my of mom's those. maiden yeah. name. Do you? I know Wang. Oh, okay. So, like, that, I rarely run into that. I'm like, what is that? You know, so I'm. I'm really curious about it and I'm gonna start doing more work as I get older. Yeah. But do you have you done a lot of that? Nah, nah, no.
0: Nah. I just uh I was just curious because I feel like a lot of that is happening. Yeah. People digging into the ancestry and yeah. all those services like twenty three andme is getting really popular.
1: Yeah. You know. Um why do you think that's happening?
0: I, I think yeah. I mean, just people are curious since, you know, our motherland is getting so popular. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they wanna dig it like Things outside of the US are getting more popular. Yeah. So we were starting to identify more over there. I think it's because like embarrassing shit is happening in America. We're like, no, 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 we're actually from over there. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, I will claim it. They're claiming it, all it day. less. Yeah, like, yeah, they're yeah, claiming yeah. a little yeah. less of yep. America now. Yes, yes. Back then
1: it was about like, nah, we're American. I'm so proud. Now we're like, nah, we're yeah. Korean fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta brush up on the Korean. Yeah, we're yes. leaning more Hodori. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not hodori anymore. Let's change that you, up, you, bro. You try a I'm trying to get a hodori
0: right now yeah that could turn southern accent really quick but that's what it is we're getting yeah. more proud of our roots over there for sure because there's more things to be proud
1: of there and I was,
0: less to be proud of here
1: yeah i was having the same conversation and i'm not trying to name drop but i am with greta yeah so greta was like why are you Doing this, she's like, a lot of my friends are also going through this right now. Like, our friend Carol is also doing this, where she, they're, we're all becoming really obsessed with our history and our heritage. And we're like trying to go back over there to figure out what's going on. And I was just like, partially, again, partially midlife crisis, partially what's going on here. Um, it's just, and I feel bad saying it. It's just, um, and it's not like we were embarrassed of being Korean, it just, there was no opportunity for us to really feel like. We yeah. could flex that. Like growing up, you would say you're Korean. People didn't even know what you were talking about. Yeah, I was gonna say, where's that? I just
0: saw a book. Can you pass Speaking me that one. Speaking of Asian of photo writers' day? book, do you know about this book? It's I No. Ie an no? anthology of Asian American writers. Yeah, this is from like the '70s, and this is like one of the first like compilations it, like, of Asian Fong American Fong writings. And- Who's nah, but like the introduction says, in the 140-year history of Asian America, fewer than 10 works of fiction and poetry have been published by American-born Chinese, Japanese, and Filipino writers. They don't even mention Koreans because they weren't like active during this time. That's what I'm actually. saying. Which is wild. Yeah, this is like a historical book. I looked that up recently.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Who's on the cover?
0: It's Frank uh, Frank Chin. Do you ever heard of these names? Jeffrey Paul Chan, Lawson Fushao Inada, and Sean Wong. I just got put on to this book.
1: That's so fun. Yeah, I'll keep you posted on this, yeah. I mean, we love that, that we can, you know, revisit and find all that stuff again, because...
0: Yeah, the reason I like, like, looking for Asian-American books from the 50s 60s and toys and all that it's just kind of a constant reminder to let me know that people have been like doing this work from that long ago yeah you know what i mean because everyone celebrated for it yeah a lot of us we're celebrated. we're talking about it constantly but i I look back at this kind of thing and i'm like damn there was some cool ass asian american kids doing this a while back and they were like so proud
1: of it yeah
0: like the you know the giant robots you know the eric and martins and all these cats what eric
1: and martin did too was also insane Like, I think even by today's standards, if they went out and did it, it would also be like, wow, they would get so many roses. And I just don't think that they are acknowledged or appreciated enough, not even just by within Asian-American culture, but just larger, broader culture. Like, the fact that Takashi Murakami is who he is is, I mean, we really have to give a lot of credit to Eric. Um, And then a lot of the Japanese streetwear trends, a lot of the music trends, a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, the yeah, yeah, yeahs, and all the way leading up to Linda Linda's now, like, this was giant robot, like, they have an identity, right, that even I've always aspired to try to create with my own brand, but like they created a type of person. Like, don't you walk around and you're like, that fool's a giant robot person. Like you just, you could tell like the girl in line, you're like, I bet she's a giant robot. Yeah. And like, that was like, it was an aesthetic and an identity that is very, very hard to do that. But they made us feel cool for being Asian. Well, it's like right now, we know
0: there's an audience for what we do, right? Imagine being in the 60s and being like, I'm gonna make a zine for Asians. Yeah,
1: just for like the six. <laughs> like, you don't even friends know. that like, at my house.
0: Yeah, you probably couldn't even put together like a list of 10 people in yeah. your head. Yeah. It was just like roommates or people around your neighborhood or something. There's you no know?
1: scaling, any of that. There was no way to make a ton of money doing Insane. it. Insane. We were kind of like that with, I mean, sure, you were doing the same thing when you were rapping, right? Yeah. Like, you weren't doing it thinking, oh, I'm going to be a, a successful Asian-American rapper. You are nah, like, definitely yeah. you were like, there's no way this is going to happen, so I'm doing it just because I love doing it. Right, Right, right. And it was the same with streetwear brands and, like, starting a clothing company back then. It was like, there was no thought in my mind it would ever become a career. It was just like, oh, I just need to make enough money to pay rent. And like I'm living the dream because I just love doing this. It but finds an audience. It's and then he, he, it finds an audience or it makes an audience. Makes because you get enough yeah. people doing that, then everyone's just like, if you if you get enough people to believe in something, you can turn it into anything, right? So we started all believing in it. We're like, this is a real thing. And you start saying it over and over again, right? It's like self-fulfilling prophecy. We're like, we're streetwear. Everyone's like, what streetwear? They're like this is streetwear. They're like, I guess that's streetwear now. Yeah, it's just a t-shirt, but it's just like that's called streetwear. Is, is it? Supreme is important? Why? Because it's Supreme is important
0: it's like okay is is there something that you never thought would find an audience and has found an audience
1: uh i feel like the i feel like there's a lot of things (laughs) like that well and it's you know as you get older you start judging things where you're like why is this cool at all like Like, foot fetish do you get foot fetish You footage foot fetish i I don't get you don't get i don't actually get get
0: that because i don't have a foot fetish okay but when I see feet, I'm like, okay, I could see how people could be attracted to feet.
1: Okay, so you know what I mean? Feet for oh, maybe me you don't. is n- <laughs> yeah. I don't. Okay, so it's not a for many people it's a deal breaker. The feet. How about hands? Not a deal breaker. I also have very low low standards. Can I you find realizing. hands sexually attractive? On yeah, it, on actually, a- absolutely. Okay, you know what I just r- learned yeah. the other week was that. If a girl compliments a man's hands and says, like, I like your hands, she wants to have sex with them. Have you heard this? I have not heard that. I wish we had a woman on the show right now who could, maybe you can ask. That I don't yet. know, because
0: it- girls have been like, oh, my God, your hands are so pretty. And said they're That's- girly. So I don't think they want to have sex with me, to be honest. That might be different. It's very emasculating, actually, when they say, oh, my God, have you worked a day in your life? And they, you know what I mean? And I have to explain, no, I've been rocking microphones. I've been grabbing <laughs> microphones only. I'm not grabbing ch- jackhammers <laughs> and sledgehammers. I'm grabbing microphones. And microphones are,
1: are a smooth That's an interesting one. Mechanical I asked, object. But I asked around about this. And I said, is this a real thing? And every woman was just like, oh, yeah. Like, if we ever compliment a guy on their hands, I don't know about in that way, but just like on their hands, they want, and I'm like, what is that? They're like, I didn't, something with grabbing or there's something sexual about the hands. Okay. And it made me immediately think of my wife when we first started dating. She'd always talk about how big and like she's like, I love your hands, they're so big. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> didn't think anything of it at the time, but now. I knew what was going on. Yeah, I know what was happening. She hasn't said it in a very long time. But um, <laughs> well, I
0: I think as things progress in technology, there's gonna be men with less calluses on their hands, right?
1: Totally, are, are, and less use using their hands less.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's still something attractive, I think, to women with like masculine hands and arms. They talk, I've heard girls talk about veins. Veins. They love in the, veins sticking out because it
1: shows that you can use your. You can use your body, like you're you doing strenuous exercise. Yeah,
0: no okay. one talks about being, you know, familiar with AI
1: no that's not i don't think that's particularly sexy i've learned this from spending the last few years in web (laughs) 3 and talking about nfts got you didn't necessarily appeal much to the women they they well women are into it but in terms of trying to attract anybody i don't think it necessarily worked my wife wasn't really that she uh, wasn't into that she didn't think i was necessarily any sexier for for being but she was in
0: went to you making clothing Sew, so cut, and sewing things? Is Not that, at all. Is that hot?
1: I don't know. I don't think that was hot to her. I think what was hot to her was the idea of me asking her at a certain point, hey, uh, it looks like if we ever get married down the road, I might just be a streetwear guy. Is that okay with you? Yeah. And she said, I can tell it makes you happy. As long as you're doing what's happy, what makes you happy, you'll figure it out. And so that was – but she's never been super – Interested in streetwear, like she yeah. couldn't care less, which is great to me, because like I like to go home and I don't have to sit there and talk about what hypey said today about what complexes twenty five power players of streetwear list look like. Like I don't have to hear about that. Yeah, which some people want to. I don't want to hear about that when I get home. And she's just like, that's great. Also, when I get home and I'm like, oh, I met so and so today. You know, I hung out with like futura or something and she's just like oh that's great anyways like pick up your socks you know like it's not it doesn't really appeal to her so more the fact that i get to that i'm doing something i love then i have the ambition to see something through i think that's always appealing and attractive to most people Mm. right but Mm. not necessarily like the contents of streetwear or ai or nfts or anything like
0: that Are, are we is streetwear gonna be the permanent term for that genre of clothing
1: i think it is i also don't (laughs) know how much it's here to stay longer will like capitalize on it as like a marketable term it just is what it is it's just it's just streetwear I remember the moment where it was starting to really gain traction. The word's been around since the early 80s. I remember right?
0: Vision Streetwear.
1: Vision Streetwear, which is... They really
0: branded that on the... They
1: like, yeah. And there was another brand called Tribal Streetwear, yep. which Tribal to me was actually more of a streetwear brand. Is Tribal the break dancing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They yeah, did yeah. a lot of break dancing, yeah, but I they remember. also sponsored skaters. Bobby Ruiz, shout out Bobby Tribal down in San Diego. And they really knew how, and to me, streetwear has always been about mixing subcultures, right? So it's like, you're not just a hip hop brand, you're not just a skate brand, you're both. And so Tribal really exemplified that to me. And they were Tribal Streetwear. Um, Stussy is always looked at as the pioneer because they were a surf brand that used graffiti and hip-hop aesthetic and their styling and, and the graphics and their logo flips that was, like, very hip-hop, but it was, you know, Sean Stussy, a surfboard shaper out of Orange County, California. But be- even before Sean right what Craig Estic was documenting with the Z Boys in Dogtown in the late 70s in Venice and if you look at Peter Schroff with like Shroff surfboard so a lot of surfers were already starting to take graffiti elements you know hip hop elements and like put them into surf design yeah and so like that was that clash of different subcultures coming together yeah, 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 that opened up you know 20 years later we started talking about streetwear and then 20 years after that it became just fashion
0: let me ask you this handbook which is a traditional korean garments from dating back hundreds of years ago. Do you like the design? Be honest. Um as far as what? Is it appealing to you?
1: Like is it ugly? Is it I don't get it. <laughs> but I think so uh, once again we got to remember context. Yeah. So whatever was happening back then, that was the fire shit. Like that's what people yeah. thought was hot i i like the i like the women's handbook. i don't know if i love the men's handbook. it looks a little silly by 2023 standards yeah you like in
0: the hat the the women's hanbok kind of do you see like is that the is that a more modern one or what this is the men's he's this showing is... like a more modern version of it no, oh that's the original joint not one of them, yeah. i'm not a fan i don't know i don't think it's also, you're showing me a weird one where he's wearing like New Balance. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, They're like selling that on Essence. The, the, uh, you know, the yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the average Korean in Korea loves New Balance. By the way, it's like that, it. that look of the 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 regular tight jeans yes. with New Balance. With a New Balance, that's the standard Korean look. That's like yes. the
1: modern hanbok. <laughs> and, and, and not and not New Balance in a, in like the westernized fashion sense. No, of it's like a we're wearing it as like a dad right. shoe, and it became like a trail shoe. But more in like a, it's the modern version of the humble. Yeah, it is. It is the. Korean style is very specific. Mm. Like just the things that like my dad is interested in wearing and my mom. And then when you go out there and you see how native Korean people dress, it's like, it's, it's understated. There's like a lot of neutrals and like colors like that. Um, a lot of grays, like it's subdued. The fits of them, I don't know. It's just like it's it's always like interesting to me to see how native Koreans dress who aren't interested in fashion or trying to look fashionable, right? And it's just like more out of utility, you know. Where it's like a really specific thing. I can't really put my finger on it, but and they love that. Um, it's like if New York has tote bags to carry around
0: your stuff, they have that that one zip. Yeah, w- the little thing. Thing. like um, like a, it's like a that pouch called? or like a, a a pouch. Yeah, yeah, they carry and they that carry around.
1: That. But it's like there's no strap. Like they, There's no strap. The whole that, hand is occupied with that. Every thing. manager or somebody has like that pouch. That pouch. Zip. You know
0: what, what I'm talking about? What is that called? Man, man pouch, basically. It's a man pouch.
1: They have
0: the goyard one, right, usually? Yeah, there's yeah. no strap. It's not, you know, New York is like all about the totes, you know, but... Totes, I think there's a little bit more security with a strap. Yeah. Your shoulder is going to block the Hamburglar from ripping that bag away <laughs> from you. The pouch... Oh, you know why New York doesn't... I mean, the Korea doesn't need that security you got the cctv there's, no, there's there's nobody robbing you over there oh no 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 so you could loosely carry brother, around this
1: pouch big brother big young is watching <laughs> big <laughs> young is watching
0: <laughs> young is watching yeah but that pouch is popular to new balance this particular fit of the jeans is is really popular um that that's i like to judge it by you know obviously there are fashionable people in korea but the general public yeah
1: general public the people who don't necessarily want to be on top of all the trends Mm -hmm. yeah it's like a really specific style of dress
0: you you've noticed um is there any other you know things you've observed in korea your recent trip that you found fascinating
1: um oh my god so much all that i mean look the food is insane like i can't believe they just eat like that all the time every day like i'm just like this is the best meal of my life and literally i was saying that when my Harabuji was like in the morgue. I was eating in the hospital restaurant and I was sitting there and I was like, this is the best food I've had all year. And everyone's like, you're eating in a hospital. You're
0: talking about the Korean spread. Yeah, just like the
1: Korean spread. Just eating like that. I think that's half of why I am more obsessed with Korea than ever. It's just my palate caught up to it because we didn't... I wasn't exposed to a lot of Korean foods growing up. My parents were just doing their best job to assimilate us and to westernize the food palette. And so there's something that happened where eventually, I mean, you got to think, right? For thousands of years, our people are in one place of the world. And in one generation where we get uprooted and we get dropped off here, there's like so much momentum and gravity, I feel like pulling us back over there. It's just weird. We're like out of place yeah like we're in the wrong place for (laughs) lack of a better term that's scary bro like ancestry and and dna and everything call like the the, it's like a tractor being pulling us back and i feel that the older i get i'm like god it's like sucking me back into korea like every yeah. time i'm there i'm like i can't leave like they want me back into mothership yeah yeah i was gonna ask you so you're talking about how your parents
0: were trying to accommodate you on the western yeah. palate and stuff like yeah. what do you remember any like american food that your parents were trying to attempt at the household
1: yes uh my mom made and i gotta say attempt is like she <laughs> she actually nailed it i think she did she, she, m- she made okay. really good which she called pork chops i think they're more like pork chops, okay. breaded cutlets but she called them pork chops
0: like tonkatsu kind of thing tonkatsu it was yeah.
1: it was basically tonkatsu
0: yeah but she was trying to present like, it as are, a
1: pork chop these are pork chops okay um she made a lot of spaghetti and spaghetti. then we ate a lot of kentucky fried chicken Yep, a lot oh of my kentucky god fried me too chicken. the koreans, chicken little's
0: koreans go crazy with the kfc the kfc uh, the hot wings was the big thing
1: hot wings it was always the order of hot wings and all the sides we lo- like Korean fried chicken, really. That's what the KFC said. That's probably why they changed it from Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC because K really became about the Korean. We didn't
0: have Korean fried chicken back then in in
1: LA. Oh, I'm just saying, like yeah, the yeah, name, yeah, KFC. yeah. But, but like, do you remember yeah. when like we didn't really have what about have that?
0: Pelicana? i didn't grow up on did you go we didn't have that back then right or do we We did because i remember the the jingle pelicana chicken
1: do you remember this no i just grew up
0: on kfc it was
1: like the tito's tacos chant at the time okay like everyone sang the pelicana song yeah and actually pelicana kind of it's the same i think from when we were kids it's really good korean
0: fried chicken is killing right now it's crazy it's like there's so many chains and new ones
1: i'm down for all of it yeah like i'm here for it all um bbq wings i'm trying to think anything else my mom we didn't we really didn't get a lot of exposure to korean food um spaghetti is a big one i think that
0: koreans always try my mom killed spaghetti too
1: did your mom ever put spaghetti sauce on the rice
0: oh yeah oh yeah that
1: tastes so much better to me than noodles
0: and also the the the, like sliced sausages
1: sliced little sausages on everything with ketchup scrambled eggs on ketchup yeah okay where did they all learn this because how is it? This is like the the version of I you know one like recently I'm like who taught us all to blow into the Nintendo cartridge? We didn't have the internet That's back true. then, right? Like how did we know left left right right? Like unless we all read Nintendo Power, like how did we all know the same tricks on video games when we didn't have the internet? Yeah,
0: like they didn't. Yeah, they didn't go on any blog either. Um, right now it's like parents share stuff on like Kakao. So there's like cacao chains going around. But parents are so about that. Where were they on like during that time? I guess it was just word of mouth.
1: My parents, they immigrate they left Korea and they set up in Sulfur, Oklahoma. And my mom somehow knew to chop up Vienna sausages, so, and so they're just like, sausages.
0: What, what are you cooking at the crib over there? Like, they're just asking each other
1: or what? I don't know. But there's no other Koreans, so are they like learning from? Because if you think about it, a lot of the food that we grew up eating was kind of white trash food, yeah. right? Like we ate a lot of that Vienna sausages and tater tots and like pound cake and stuff like that. Sarah do Lee, do pound you cake.
0: think that two Korean families living but like one in the West Coast, one in the East Coast could have come up with very similar cuisine using the same resources.
1: I, I think that's what was happening.
0: That's what that's what was happening.
1: Yeah, because I grew up. I was born in Baltimore. Yeah, and you know, so I spent some years there. But when I came out here, we were all eating the same, putting the ketchup on everything. Like when I would go to school and be putting ketchup on scrambled eggs. Yeah, everyone would be like, "Dude, are you white trash?" Right. Like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, "It's." And I was like, "This is not a Korean thing." So they're
0: grabbing things that really work with their palate yeah, created similar dishes. Yeah, and That's it's like thing. its
1: own version of there needs to be a restaurant for this. What? Like a Korean white trash restaurant. i noticed
0: that a lot of Korean restaurants don't serve just the stuff you really grow up in. The, uh, the like what yellow is Yellow
1: trash household. Yeah. The Asian trash the household. The Asian trash household. Yeah. But like that, like Roy needs to do that. Like yeah. that's, I feel like best friend is like a version or something like that where he, he's like, you're pulling elements of this. It was such a specific, it was like our version spam. of Korean Chinese food. More spam dishes. Lots of spam. I noticed a lot of Korean restaurants
0: don't use the the real spam.
1: What's the fake It's like spam? a
0: Korean like ham kind of thing. It's not spam though they like you know like there's a, a fake version of a fake meat it's like when they say spam but it's like ham it's like oh, ham slices it's like and it's not ham? it's not spam oh, no, i know what you're saying they don't, do you know it's, what i'm talking yeah, about yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: it's it's um yeah it I know has a more fleshy saying. kind of yes. look to yeah, it yeah yeah
1: yeah that's not spam it's not
0: spam i know spam when i'm presented spam and that's not what spam. is this i'm telling you like pude get. you know when you get yes. order pude You at a yeah. korean restaurant it's not spam it's in there the, it's the, something else
1: yes and it's the like cut and that kind of color it's not the spam color
0: yeah don't try to troll me in the comments too i know where you're headed with this it's not it's not spam though it's like a fake cheaper spam
1: is that what it is it's a cost thing
0: i think it's a i think spam is kind of expensive actually
1: spam i have a spam story want to hear it yeah please so when i was first starting the brand i didn't have any money and so i was moving around a lot and i had this box of stuff that i'd carried with me through three different moves over like five years. And one, there was a day where I hadn't fed my, I hadn't eaten for almost three days. And I was just drinking water because I was like so busy and I just didn't have anything, any food or anything. And I reached into the moving box. You know, we all have a moving box, right? That's followed us since, we were t- 10 years old and so i f- i was like what do i have and i found spam and i was just like i blew the dust off i looking at the can and i was just like did this thing when did this expire where's the expiration date and there's like a serial code on the bottom yeah and there's a phone number yeah so i called the phone number okay and this woman's like hi how can i help you and i'm like hey i found this can i'm really hungry i want to eat it but i can't tell when it expired and she's like read the last few digits and i was just like blah 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 it's like oh f- four and she's just like okay She's like, that means it expires next year in 2004. Oh, wow. And I was just like, oh, great. And she's just like, but do you want to hear a little secret? And I was just like, yes. And she goes, we don't know when it expires. And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) She's just like, you could probably eat that 100 years from now, and it'll be exactly the same. They just have to put an expiration date. They have to. It's like a, I I don't even think it's a legal FDA thing. I think it's like, customer comfort thing do you know this i got you a lot of expiration dates are just there yep. for the customers yep. yep just to help sell the but that's product
0: that's so crazy so you blow the dust off you see a number you call the number she probably blew the dust off the phone totally because no one calls she's so number. happy
1: it was like <laughs> that vice episode Hello? in north korea when they visit the girls <laughs> playing <laughs> ping pong she's yeah it's like, the first time in two years <laughs> she's just like this yeah yeah it's yeah that was her It's a
0: pink spam phone. Yeah, pink
1: spam phone. It's Mrs. Spam herself. Oh my god. I tore that can open. I ate it raw dog. And it was fine. I just ate it. The jelly, the weird jelly, and all that. I just I ate the whole thing it tasted amazing. I don't remember the last
0: time I ate spam raw. That's crazy. It's crazy
1: to do. That is Like crazy. the Vienna sausages. you remember eating
0: that raw dog? I never was a big Vienna sausage fan. Not that lie. was like a thing though. It's in a different the texture than spam though. Oh my god, it was crazy. It's a different texture. It was crazy. Yeah. It was
1: kind of like uh it was kind of like almost like creamy. It was it's weird. very creamy. It's yeah, very it's creamy. Really, it's a little too cr- creamy for my strange taste. Strange product. Yeah, I know that's a, really a big Filipino. Product. It's
0: more of a Filipino oh. joint, I think. Vienna. I mean, oh. I grew up on it too. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But we were yeah.
0: more. Well, there's a Vienna family and there's a Spam family. I was a Spam family.
1: I get it. You Did you I mean, guys eat spam-ly. the
0: pound cake?
1: Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. The uh, it's like what's Sarah, the, Lee? Sarah Lee. Sara Lee. Lee. Yeah, pound of course. Right? The aluminum foil. Sarah Lee. Yeah, that and was like
0: huge in the Korean family. That was yeah. like
1: you you you. It was a reward. Do we think Sarah was? Korean. <laughs> I te- my mom probably Sarah. <laughs> did he? Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Lee was a very good student. Okay, we gotta support the Koreans did, 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 did and Sarah, Sarah Lee bread.
0: Sarah did that. Yeah, of um, course. The pound cake that
1: was classic. In that was family. like a special uh, night. Of course, our Korean family still eating Sarah Lee. I don't know. I would. I would hope so. That was such a thing. That was like what it was like a Friday night. We, my mom, we'd go to Blockbuster and get like Star Wars, and my mom would take out the yeah. Sarah Lee pound cake, and then she and the, like the Emos and your friends would be sitting there like eating it, and you know, drinking coffee. You and know stuff.
0: what I don't like? What I don't like about a lot of these brands that Asian immigrant families used to support, yes. like um, I guess Spam could be one of them. I know we're going. Of with this. Know where you're a going Royal to. Dance and Sarah Lee is that they never acknowledged us. Never. They never acknowledged that. Why there was never a collaboration with an Asian figure. No. You know, I feel like Royal Dance could be a dope collaboration with The Hundreds or something.
1: They they must have known how much of their support came from the Korean American community. Why why was it not acknowledged that we Even were in need for those things? Spam. We actually had conversations to do a collab with Spam yeah. um, like ten years ago. We we didn't do it for a number of reasons, but I presented it to them as that. Right. I said the Korean community, the Hawaiian community, yeah. the Filipinos. You know, we have to. They were like, "Well, we have this big spam festival." They do have like a spam. Coachella. I think they show love to Hawaii, though. They they do show yeah. love to Hawaii, but they're like, "Oh, we want to do this thing in Middle America," and I'm like, "I know," but you don't get what what it means to us. Yeah. it's like that was S- Sarah our Lee steak. too.
0: Sarah Lee. Sarah Lee Royal Dance should do some something.
1: Royal Dance. You know what? That's a good one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow up. On yeah, that Sizzler too in Cape Town. I might Sizzler. Sizzler. Sizzler, I said something really nice about them and the Korean Connection, Dave's episode, or the Bourdais Yeah, thing. I remember. Yeah, and, that, and then, that,
0: that episode meant a lot to me because I could relate. I grew up in Sizzler, Sizzler celebrating. Sizzler
1: was where we So I didn't even grow up around here. I grew up in Riverside. Yeah. And in Riverside, there was a Sizzler and it was the nicest restaurant. It was on the outskirts of town. It was by like a power plant. It was really weird. Yep. And that's where you went for birthdays and graduations. Yep. And so I went twice a year. For like two special occasions, all you can eat shrimp. It was, at the time, it was $7.99. You get the cheese bread. Hell yeah, of course. And just those little nubs of fried shrimp. Yep. It was just the most delicious meal. Like the salad bar with the dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets. It's crazy. Yeah. Taco. It was so special, Sizzler. Yeah. So I said all this somewhere once, and then Sizzler started following me on Twitter, and then they DM'd me and they said, hey, like, thank you for and so we started working on a project. It never came to fruition. I'm just remembering oh, it now. I'm going to drop another sneak peek also. Yeah. Is that another one of those that has happened that we are starting to work with and figure out was Pioneer Chicken. Yep. Yep. Pioneer Chicken. Right. Is also. It's kind very of LA com- staple. It's very LA. Yeah. Yeah. But in the 80s, they were everywhere. Right. And you had that little plastic bib. Mm hmm. I partially ate there because I liked the cartoon character, the guy with the yep, in the wagon. the wagon, yeah. But it was so greasy and delicious. Yeah. Like, but Pioneer also was like such an 80s phenomenon.
0: Yeah, I think they make a decision. They're like, nah, we're like just bigger than this. Totally. Or something like that, right? Yeah,
1: they're like, this is not, we don't need to Because you've dealt this. with
0: those conversations. You even did like yeah. an AZN thing, right? Or yeah. Or something with like Fila or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. Fila, uh, 2015 or so, We did. they said, hey, we'd love to do a collaboration with you. That's when everyone was wearing those, um, what were they called? The Disruptors or the, yeah. I forget, right? Yeah, yeah. And they were like, hey, do we want to make footwear with you. And I was just like, ah, oh, we don't really wear like Fila footwear. But there was this slide, right, that all the Asian gangbangers wore. Mm-hmm. And it was a Velcro one. It was black and had a little, and you'll know it if you look it up. And they were like, oh, we haven't made that slipper in a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I have a really specific idea. It meant a lot for the Asian American community. Like, you don't understand what it meant for us. And, you know, it was. Did they if, know? They, they, the people we were talking, there were some people internally that did know. Yeah. That were like, oh my gosh, we remember this. Like, we remember this moment. And so we styled the whole campaign around it. And I, you know how hard this was, by the way? You're going to have trouble, too, if you guys are trying to produce and edit images of this. It is impossible to find photos of Asians in the 90s, Asian-Americans in the 90s with the long, bang, long bangs and the yeah. stapled khakis. And, like, nobody tried.
0: documented this. Well, you know... We have to digitize those photos that the, the Asians kids used yes. to take in we the malls. We took photos. The glamour glamour shots. Those we exist. We used to call it glamour shots. Those
1: exist. But- yeah, but we're, we're, I, I remember friends having stacks
0: of those, like Pokemon cards. Yes. Are they digitizing no, this? No,
1: ain't no one doing that. No one's
0: not digitizing this, because those classic this footage of those. is a job
1: for AI. We need yeah. to
0: recreate this. Nah, for sure. I mean, I, I've seen uh, Latino accounts do that.
1: Oh really? Yeah, oh yeah, I do have, too. Yes. There's
0: Latino accounts where they have glamour shots, but I know Asians have the same thing because like our cultures align, especially in the West Coast, Los Angeles. Yeah. And I, you're right, I can't find a lot of Asian culture. It was impossible because
1: I was explaining this to my team. I was like, "You don't understand. Like, we would wear these khaki pants, and we would." staple them and everyone's like you staple K swisses you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And the white polo shirts or yep. a white shirt and then you wore your bangs even that haircut i'm like it's really hard to find right and then there was like you know obviously integras and like eclipses and like the cars that went with it
0: maybe it's the azn kids who actually deleted them because they were like oh i can't let anyone see them with my hair like that 100 <laughs> percent. but now it'd be cool as so. though
1: they're all like attorneys and bankers and <laughs> like venture capitalists now and yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah that's when i was in right Jefferson rocks or whatever like i can't yeah, let yeah, anyone yeah. know but like th- it was so hard to find and so wh- we had to kind of i had to produce this photo shoot out of memory and even casting guys to come right. i'm like hey i need your hair to fall a certain way and like i need to shave this part but it's the- hard to get it
0: right right hard to get it right yeah. so
1: we did this shoot i shot it with an old camera to kind of capture it but i've been seeing it over the years pop and this is kind of back to the earlier conversation yep I've been seeing it used as like, hey, do you remember in the 90s when Asians look like like people think that photo is from the 90s? I shot it in like 2016. I'm in the photo. That's funny. You know, I'm dressed as like one of those guys. And like with a white, remember just like plain white snapbacks, like not even letters on them, just like the tagger belt, like just white shirt, white snapback i'm wearing that and people are like oh this is a you know asians in the 90s this is a meme and those are those go viral in those asian american accounts every now that, and then.
0: that's why i'm saying it's so important we document that contemporary totally. like uh you know asian american history yeah you know and like the giant robots and stuff they really did that early on that, that was they even did. before Asian culture
1: they did and, yeah. and
0: i find it so fascinating that with people documenting that and even in korea i feel like they don't salvage a lot of that history. No. From the early 90s to the 80s to even the 70s. Me, I'm
1: obsessed with that era of K-pop and even trying to find a lot of those videos can. that I watched, they, they don't exist or they're so it's, bad quality. You go to the museum, it's like
0: ceramics from the 1800s yeah. or like 2025. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: it's there's nothing in nothing between. Between, it's, you know, it's just like a forgotten history. It's crazy. But we all know it. And so we're all talking about it like, yeah, yeah, but then there's no evidence of it online. Nah. No. And it trips me out because it's like in a time when you're like, oh, everything exists online. Like everything I've ever said and done is on the internet. You could search it if you wanted to cancel me. But it's like you can't find that Right. Like, that, everyone did that. Like, where did that go? I mean, I, I
0: I wonder about that. This could be another conversation about who has the priority in the algorithm, you know? Like, right. the Getty images and things like totally. that. Totally. You know?
1: Totally. They're really... And they're dictating the narrative right. of, like, right. how we're going to remember in the 90s. That's what I'm saying. We're not going to include these people as a part of it's like it. like
0: the priority is the red carpet. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's totally.
1: Crazy. Like, yeah. exactly. And that's going to be known as what's mainstream culture, but...
0: All right. Well, uh, Bobby Hundreds, you are one of the smartest men that I know in my circle, 100%. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Thanks.
1: I don't think I'm smart, but I talk a lot. Yeah, no, and you
0: stay curious about everything in life. And I follow everything you put out for years and years, man. Thanks, man. I I love you, brother. Um, Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the show again. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bobby Hundreds, always got something up his sleeve.
1: Always. Always. Something next. What's next? What is next? What's next? I don't know. I am fascinated by AI, but I'm not capitalizing on it. And I'm kind of more observing what's happening yeah um but for me more than anything just more writing working on another book i have a couple books out but more in korea book, trying to do more stuff in trying korea. to do more in korea and um the hundreds is 20 years strong and we look to be around for another 20 years 20 years and so we're just pushing the gas right now trying okay. to trying to really do you know we're we're a legacy brand at this point which has its own challenges but also its own glories like so you do just, want
0: to you really do want to do hundreds for another 20 years
1: i hope it exists forever i mean okay. it's really the story of my life uh do i want to work on it all day long like i've literally been running around doing like photo shoots like yeah. i'm shooting the photos still right, right. doing lookbooks. do i want to be doing that when i'm 50 not really i always this is the last thing i'll say i love streetwear i love the hundreds it's, yeah. it's my life i love streetwear. I really could not care less about the industry, about like the media, the gossip side, the politics. It really, really bums me out. And so that's the part I wrestle with a lot in my career. And I think a lot of people can identify with that. You might love your job, but you just don't love the politics around it, Yeah, the drama, the stupidity. You're like, but the actual craft of it is amazing like every morning i wake up i'm like i can't believe i get to design a t-shirt today yeah i love that shit but the drama becomes the entertainment part of it all right it can become yeah. the entertainment yeah. part but when it comes to like oh i drew this t-shirt and i love it but like oh we can't put you in a store because you weren't on the 25 power players of complex list there's something as stupid as that yeah it's just like, what is this? You know, like, we oh, was that a thing sleep. that happened recently? That did not happen specifically, <laughs> but that's something that I could see happening. Yeah, yeah, right. So, it's like that part of it I'm not really connected to, and I don't really have much to do with anymore. And I and I'm very relieved where I'm like, oh, that happened. I don't care. Like, people will be like, oh, so and so have beef, or did you see what so and so said? I'm like, I muted all that stuff on Twitter. I don't see any of it. I,
0: I don't know about your beef history. Was there ever a point that? It, Something drove you to be public about somebody you hate.
1: Yeah. I mean, not outright hate, but, I, you know, my beef history was, and everyone knows this, if you've read the book, especially, and people back then. Yeah. I had a thing with Pharrell, right? Because Pharrell at the time had a skate team and he was skating a lot. Skateboard p. Yeah. And uh, a friend of ours made a shirt that said, Pharrell can't skate. Mm. And that was a sentiment that was going around a lot in skate culture at the time. And I posted it on my blog and it started a oh, beef, quote unquote beef. Right. Right. So, like, you have everything from that. And then, like, Lupe Fiasco went onto a podcast and said, Bobby's a hater for like doing that stuff. Okay. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Frel and I are obviously cool. We have another BBC in the hundreds collaboration coming out soon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that kind of stuff happens. And a lot of it was. In those years, you know, there was, I was a different version of me. I was very reckless. Yeah. Right. Like, and also at that time, we didn't have a lot of like internet banging going on. It was like, if you had a problem, it was literally straight up like, texting someone here's my address like i see you like i'm here all day like that kind of a thing in right. streetwear you go to streetwear parties there was always a fight between brands not just randos it yeah, was just yeah, like yeah, i yeah. don't like your brand you stole this graphic from us we would fight about yeah. that. like that's just that was that era that we came from but also we were so young and reckless and i just didn't care now i'm obviously tired i'm but I also have enough under my belt where I'm like, I don't need to prove anything anymore. And anybody could say whatever they want, and like people are gonna hate on the brand. I'm like I couldn't care less. Yeah. Because I've established a legacy, you know. And you get to this really amazing point in your career where your reputation just kind of precedes you. So now I walk into rooms and people are like, Oh, I, I know what you did. And I'm like, Cool. Like I don't have to get out there and self aggrandize or you know, be braggadocious about who I am. I'm like, cool. Like, you know, the work. Okay. Like, you know, I do yeah. work, right? Okay, cool. Like I'm a real person yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a responsible guy. Okay what if
0: you say st- you were just en- just as energized as before to keep these beefs alive
1: and that would be ca- toxic <laughs> and chaotic and there are a lot of figures in streetwear that still are oh okay. and i love them for that yeah they're always still starting drama and people that are older than us you call still it bitter toxic. i call it not washed that's yes what I there call you go it, right? and i and i love that you need that you know to me that's real streetwear and so i love to see that happening but I'm just at a point in my age in life and also I just I care about the opinions of my family and that's pretty much about it. Right. Like I hear what people are saying. Sometimes it hurts, sometimes I care. But most of the time I'm like, whatever. If I just wait five minutes, it's on to the next bit of news. So it's just like nothing really sticks anymore and it's just that's the nature of the internet. Just do your work. I like doing the work, put my head down, take care of the people around me, hang out with friends that I like and love. Yeah.
0: That's all there is to do. I'd like to see you guys make more clothes for the elderly.
1: I mean, I'm getting pretty much up there. So streetwear is for the hundreds is for all
0: ages. I've seen a lot of streetwear companies exploit the elderly and dress them up in youth culture clothes. But how about
1: clothes for them? specifically just, designed just for them articulated for them maybe just more of like a some ajima patterns that they'll like a little bit more of a hunched back that the curvature of the silhouette you said just some weakened joints something. Little bit, something a little bit more support maybe just in the for joint that. Areas. exactly the shoes more the sole support yeah exactly it's gonna be our generation to do that because we're gonna grow up and be like why doesn't this exist i'll do it and then we'll make it for us and we're, we're gonna look fly You're right, though. A lot of streetwear brands out there are exploiting these older people. Well, also
0: TikTokers on every social media influencer. But
1: all right, on that note, Bobby Hunter,
0: it's tune in next week for another episode of Fun with Dumb, y'all. Peace.